Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Short sellers will buy stock to cover mm-hmm. essentially their upside, their downside, I don't know how to say that, but to cover their losses. I don't think Michael Burry's taking a big enough position to cause a short squeeze, but he's hurting right now. And it's because the areas he shorted are actually the areas for the past two days that have done the best. And this is why day trading sounds sexy. And it is sexy when you win. I used to do it. We've talked about Tone. He's done currency trading and made some really good moves and returns off some really crazy spreads. It's just, it doesn't work very often. And when it doesn't work, you a lot of the times give back everything you've earned to that. What's going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of Money Moves. As always, Maddie. your host, Mattie, Mr. Breedwell. Mm-hmm. We're going to dig in all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance to help you on that wealth building journey. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to leave a review. That's all we ask. That's the currency. That is the payment for today's episode. If you enjoy it, share it with somebody leave a review. Don't forget to check out Millionaire Mindcast in the store. We got a lot of great tools and resources for you guys. And of course, take advantage of your free portfolio review. Come on over. The X-Ray mm. from Mr. Breedwell and his amazing team. Just text the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555. And if you're a credit investor, you want to get on my deals list, text the word deals to that same phone number. All right, Mr. Breedwell, let's get this out of the way. First and foremost, what a good time, huh? What a good time. That was fun. That was... Sorry uh, if I was gone. We had to go meet. If you were listening to this, you know who you are. It's good seeing you. Oh, yeah. Well, let's just... All let's the boys. Give the boys a shout out. We had some of our, our favorite listeners from all across the country that are, out in the South that are make the trip all the way out. Yep. And people that... Business owners that have invested in Green Coffee Company, gotten in other deals that are on the deals list. And that's one of the cool things about this community is one, you get to learn... We all get to learn from each other. I learned from a lot from these guys when we were out at the event um, and having some fun at the wineries. We get to invest in opportunities to make some money, build some wealth together that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. And of course, that networking, sharpening your skill set, sharpening 
your database up is I'll, always a fun time. And when you're getting a little saucy and enjoying some wine in 70 degree weather in Napa, it doesn't get uh, any better than that. All those people came in through the x-ray. Yes. And all those people we are both now working with, but I've created relationships with these people as far as beyond just a working level. We work together, we have business, we, you know, business is good. But having that other side of the coin is also really so that is the uniqueness of the community that we get to create here. Um, it's one of the most organic, one of the most toes on the ground. And we're lucky enough to be close to the Napa Valley. Yeah, all I'm going to say is, uh, I don't know how the hell I could ever keep up with those guys for more than one oh day. Those dudes know how to have fun. They know how to drink. They know how to eat good food. Louisiana So and big shout out to the boys in Louisiana. And again... If you want to get connected with us, build relationships, explore opportunities together, one of the best ways of doing that is texting in to 844-447-5055, take advantage of the x-ray, take advantage of the deals list, and and just reach out and lean in and build some relationships. We love connecting with you guys, all of our amazing listeners. Yep. So let's dig into... What's going on in the data? This is a massive week of data. I would say, I think the last time I said this was the biggest, like one of the big data uh, days, I think we that was back in like June or July. That's when we started to see positive inflation data. We started to see the ticks of that at the end of March, April. This is a because we already had jolts come out yep. today, job openings, and they had dropped. Yeah, and we got... Job, the JOLTS report, vacancies fell to 8.8 million in July, which is the lowest level since March of 2021. So this is obviously what the Fed wants wants to see, right? They want to see things moving in this direction in a slow and methodical manner. Correct. Not anything too drastic or major, but this is a positive data point for the Fed. Correct. So now the, the, the consensus on futures is a long pause. The, the first time we see a tick up of any percentage likelihood of a cut is in December. It's minuscule right now. It's five times better than my 0.5%. About 5% chance right now of a cut in December. Yep. But what we are seeing is, as you said, the data is moving in chunks we just every once in a while get a nasty little spike that's sticking out. And so it's not as smooth, I think, as the Fed wants to be. And the Fed needs it to be smooth to then navigate through to begin cutting because what they're trying to, again, hold back uh, is the seasonality of what's, what would take off, which is going to be the housing market, what's already inevitably, inevitably going to happen, which is refinances mm-hmm. off of really high debt. Um, that's going to shake up the financial sector. That's going to shake up the bond market. So it's still going to be a little shaky as we come through this final uh, turn. But uh, May right now of 2024 is the first rate cut that is expected. I think that would be a positive. I'm not fearful of a recession coming after this rate cut. Just because those times prior when we cut rates were so different than this time. We do not have inflation where it's at. We We did not have inflation where it's at, excuse me, currently. We never had interest rates risen at this rate this fast. So they can probably come down a lot quicker than they historically have. And they're going to infect, affect inflation the most, which is a positive thing and will help avoid, I think, a recession or the recessionary pressures that are being really implemented by inflation. Because the stock market's not doing terrible this year. It's not doing great, but it's not doing terrible. It's the start of a kind of a new journey for a bull run. 
But inflation, where things are costing people way more and really the money supply pinch on debt, that hurts people. If we can cut that cost in half, that'll put a few more notches on the belt for people that are not just investors to get back in and start purchasing the assets that really are the backbone of our... Yeah, talking about what the Fed wants to see, right? I think this week, consumer confidence dropped a little bit. Yeah, to still... Not anything too concerning, but healthy, again, it's healthy tracing yeah. back in the direction that they want it to. Based on what happened this last week at the Jackson Hole meeting, much more Fed said that they are ready to raise interest rates again to combat inflation. Like you said, I think that's a little bit more posturing. I I, I would say... But right now, no futures cap. are 50-50 on whether they're going to raise or pause at the next meeting as of right now. No, it's 85, 86% chance of a pause, right? 86%. Okay. Yeah, it's on, the, it's on the November meeting that it was like... 51% chance of a hike and 40-ish percent chance of a pause. That swung really hard by about 12% to the pause side. Yep. And a little bit to the cut side. Uh, after that report came out today, if we continue to have good reports, it's going to keep putting pressure on that December number. And that December number may bleed into that November number for a potential for a cut where the road is becoming more narrow. But the thing you're going to start hearing major media news outlets talk about and media pundits and market experts is that when we do start cutting, that's going to be indicative of a recession. And as I've said before in the past, that's just people selling their back. That's not likely what's going to happen this time because the setup for those prior rate cuts where there was a very mild and quick recession after, I would make it more of a correction. That setup isn't really in the cards for us. We don't have enough inventory in real estate. The stock market isn't hot and heavy. It's not like 2018 or to the recovery in 2020. We're not seeing. It's modest and good growth based on earnings. A lot of it is based on earnings and where consumers are spending their money right now, which is why you see it heavily in technology. We need to see more participation again by other players positive guidance today by some of the earnings that were coming out by companies. HP missed their revenue by a couple, I think it was a couple hundred million, but it was on $13 billion. So that's a small mm-hmm. number there. But gave positive guidance moving into Q4 saying that miss was because they invested a lot heavily and more heavily into AI than they were anticipating. So they could get better Q4 numbers. I think we're going to see a shock. And I think Jay Powell, like we were talking here before, whether he has another run at the Federal Reserve or not, will have, if if what we're thinking is going to happen, come to be true, navigated one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult market condition, mm. maybe next to 2000. I don't think we've seen anything gone through. It wasn't yeah. a financial crisis, but it was something that's never happened before. Yeah, so absolutely. Now, were there any other key discussion points that came out of the Jackson Hole meeting? No, nothing that I grasped onto. The thing that I think that I took away from it the most is that the Fed is really looking at PCE this week um, because they want to see the producers easing up on their costs as well. Because if their their costs ease up, they're going to immediately pass that through their consumers, which is going to allow consumers to spend properly into those areas. I think the next pop we're going to see is probably grocery will start moderating out because we have some holidays coming up together more, right? Especially in America. And we also have some spending holidays coming up. We have Halloween, we have Thanksgiving, which is a spending holiday on the food side. And then we have 
excuse me, New Year's, which is an alcohol, big alcohol and party favor, expendables, yep. and Christmas, obviously, which yeah. a lot of people don't realize how large of a percentage of retail sales on the whole year that Christmas is. Some retailers, it's a third to 40% of their sales happen during that time. Yeah. So that's going to be a teeter-totter, but it's a great setup for that good old-fashioned Santa Claus could have at the end of the year, especially if it's coupled with a rate cut. I think very exciting. So talking about the market then and not necessarily thinking we're heading towards a recession with some of these things projected into early Q4, you got people like Michael Berry, Burry, Burry, yeah. who's placing their bag on shorting the U.S. economy, assuming that he's he a bear. Pl- he didn't place his bag. Not his bag, but, but he, he made a make, big bet. He made a very highly leveraged bet. Yeah. He, he, that billion dollars was not a billion dollars that he invested. Right. But it's heavily leveraged. That's how it, it gets that value. Mm-hmm. Um, he is buried in premium notices right now. And when you take a options position on a, a, a contract, especially a short position, those is, Lord, let's scroll through a nut. The, sorry, y'all. The, if you get out of the money, meaning if you short the market or you buy a put, you're expecting that stock's value to go down and then you'd be in the money if that stock's value went down. But if the stock's value goes up, you become what's called out of the money and you have to pay a premium essentially for those contracts to, to keep them open. And so it's almost like a, an additional fee you weren't expecting. And the more the market goes up, the higher the premiums get until you close your position out or a lot of you've seen a short squeeze before. People buy, short sellers will buy stock to cover their, mm-hmm. essentially their upside, their downside. I don't know how to say that, but to, to cover their losses. I don't think Michael Burry is taking a big enough position to cause a short squeeze, but he's hurting right now. And it's because the areas he shorted are actually the areas for the past two days that have done the best. And this is why day trading sounds sexy. And it is sexy when you win. I used to do it. We've talked about Tone. He's done currency trading and made some really good moves and returns off some really crazy spreads. It's just, it doesn't work very often. And when it doesn't work, you a lot of the times give back everything you've earned to that. So we always talk about the consistency of making a plan, sticking to a plan. Even if you start a plan when things are good and you're going through a terrible time right now, it's important to be consistent throughout all areas and all sunny days and rainy days. Now, in terms of what's going on with the economy as a whole, policy, I saw another $250 million package over to Ukraine. I didn't see it. That was today as of a couple hours ago. Recently, Joe Biden said that he plans to request more money from Congress to develop a fresh coronavirus vaccine, adding he may require everyone to take it, whether they have been previously vaccinated or not. Can't require it. He can. If it's not a law, you don't have to do it. Mandated, required, anything that's not put into written law, statute, you are not obligated to do that. So just not giving anybody legal advice, but just so you understand the president come out and say, you are required to take a vaccine. You are not actually required to take a vaccine. You are not at all. You have freedom of choice in the United States, which is supported by the Constitution, which is a decree, which is a law that supports, that's our legal system. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be the best decisions for the Republicans that he ever makes. Uh, just digging his hole deeper and deeper and deeper. But I do think 
if they are going that route, highly likely that they do try to invoke emergency powers again so that they can kind of control uh, the election as best they can, which is wild. Yeah. Obviously, it's, there, uh, it's too, it's, I'm very touchy feely and going hard on that stuff. I like to see just confirmation and I'm less in the political spectrum willing to take the, man, this, the, the last couple of years is real wild. <laughs> so, it, it just, I think we're it just, just warming up. Sen- for- it just makes sense. The CDC just came out today. They just released a report that verbatim says that, hey, I know we told you nine out of 10 people died, uh, f- you know, from coronavirus, but the 10 people that died from COVID 19, it actually was caused to the Comor- comorbidities, which, which is exactly what people were saying the whole yeah. time and they were getting laughed at. So, uh, that when that kind of stuff happens, um, it's very eye-opening to me how blind somebody can follow somebody else because they have a hatred for a person more so, and they can't, they just can't come around and say, "Hey, he may that he," because we all know who I'm talking about. Trump may not be a great person and not a good person at all, but policy-wise and a good politician, he is. And um, anybody who would argue that fact, I think, it, what's going on now? What are you proud of uh, currently? And I don't think there's much to be proud. There was a there was a lot of things to not be proud of too in the prior administration, but I could walk head high saying, "Man, my portfolio is doing good, and interest rates are low, unemployment is super low, the labor markets is border secure, is or we're working on yeah, we're working on healthcare is much better. Black Americans have a lot more. African American, Black Americans." Whatever you want to he, say. He's gained actually recently a ton. A lot. Ever since the mugshot. Like triple. Like triple. He, he knows what he's doing. He yes. is using the attention on him right now and the way that attention is playing out to his advantage. Within the first couple of days after getting booked in the Atlanta jail, he raised $7.1 million off of merch sales or sold $7.1 million off of merch sales. And since then, over the last few weeks amassed almost $20 million in campaign donations over three weeks. And he's polling much higher in the polls with demographics that he was previously struggling to get some traction with. So Yeah, that's because I think educated people in those demographics are people that are, are, are willing to not make an emotional reaction, that are willing to say what I'm saying publicly and wide open. Yes, because how are you going to sit here and say Joe Biden's a person? Yeah, they're both flawed. They're both seemingly yeah, have their own... The comparison was used to be made to Jimmy Carter for Joe Biden being one of the worst presidents. The difference is Jimmy Carter was actually a decent dude. He just had terrible policy. Yeah, he just sucked at politics. He, he sucked at policy. Joe Biden's not a great dude. And it's be, he's going going to go through the ringer. And I hope he does pay for some of the stuff that he's done with his family and the corruption that's being exposed through that. He's also not done anything for policy really at all. So you have a double whammy there. It's, I can handle one not being good, but the other's got to be there to support it. And really you have a, a pretty lame duck in office right now. And it, it's becoming more and more evident to me, at least that I don't see them. If Joe Biden runs for president, it'd be, I think everybody, would. who are they going to put up for the Democrats? Right now it's Joe Biden. And I have no idea. He's can't. He there's whispers of Michelle Obama. There's whispers of Hillary. There's whispers of Gavin Newsom sliding in there. He, Hillary can't beat Trump. Yeah, we know that. So that are, and that's already been proven because they didn't think he was going to win the first time. He's for sure going to beat her. Yeah. Now. His interview with Tucker Carlson 
strategically, obviously, was to compete against Fox. Fox got 12.8 million viewers. Hundreds of millions of views. His interview with Tucker Carlson, I looked it up before we jumped on here, was 262 million views right now. Because Twitter has access to the world. I'm sure Elon might be bumping him up a little bit higher in the algorithm, potentially. Potentially. Who knows? I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying, I I think either that or it just shows you how many people are interested in what he's doing and or are supporting what he's doing right now because they're sick and tired of what we're experiencing as a country. And I think we're starting to see, I saw a report come out from, I think it was France. It was a high up politician in France that basically said, we are starting to prepare ourselves that Trump is actually a legitimate possibility of winning. And we've got other countries now starting to publicly say that kind of tells me a little bit of something. But yeah, it's they're looking at the poll numbers and it's it's so hard for people pushing for Trump that if it if he wasn't assuming that all his court cases go the way that we're assuming they do, if he doesn't win, it's almost blatantly obvious that something was done awry because it just the pieces don't add up to a whole yeah so yeah it's going to be interesting democrats are doing everything in their power to what i think right now is borderline illegal well yeah running him through court cases all the way through next may and i think it's really hurt gonna hurt them honestly i think it's free publicity and they think that it's going to and unless they legitimately find a way to put him in jail and i think there will be a revolution before i saw his lawyer personally i saw his lawyer go on and she was pretty much it is a nothing yeah we know we got to go through it it's going to cost us money it's going to cost us time and effort but it'll settle up to where he's fine and it's going to actually help us out more than five million new business applications were filed in 2022 which was a 42 percent increase from pre-pandemic levels with a continuation into 2023 per bloomberg what does that data point tell you from an economic perspective which part of it just the fact that there's that many people trying to go into business for themselves. Um, I think that people are, I think that at business education over the past couple years with people being exposed to like entrepreneurship and the, the ability to create your own destiny potentially is a lot more available than it was maybe four or five years ago because people didn't have time to educate themselves on what they were doing and why they were doing it. That's really all I can say to that. And I think people are tired of their corporations forcing them to do things that they just don't want to. Um, you and I both know that when you're in business, you have a lot of flexibility Yeah, how that business is ran. So I think that is attractive to a lot of people who want to run a business in a way that aligns with their lifestyle and their uh, personal choices within their lifestyle. I completely agree with that. I'd add that I think also it just shows how the barrier of entry and the landscape of getting Access to becoming a business owner has really become that much easier. Oh, I think yeah. technology, artificial intelligence, costs associated with it, and just all the platforms that people can plug into to have easy plug and play opportunities, I think is one of the greatest things that's out there right now for anybody that does not want to punch a clock and plug in and plug out. And now more than ever, there's money making opportunities all around you. 
between the technology, between partnerships and brand deals and all the stuff that's out there and accessible. It's just a completely different landscape. I think that shows how many people said, well, the government's going to shut me down or take this away from me or do X, Y, and Z. I might as well just follow my own sword and go down on my own accord, not somebody else firing me or telling me I got to go do this or that. So I think that is... it's. A, in my opinion, a great sign for America. I agree. And a lot of them could also make the point that a lot of the uh, saving or the safety blankets that were put in place were for small businesses. And yep. so they want that ability to tap into that, even though large businesses tapped into that pot. We don't need but yep. at least there was a little bit more of a safety net to fall back. For sure. I think with small business being the backbone of America, right? And they talk about that. I think those types of data points signal to me that We've got more and more people optimistic on the American economy, the opportunities in America, the future of America. And it's easy for people to wrap their head, you know, get wrapped up in the narratives that we hear in mainstream media. And yet when I read stuff like that, I'm like, fuck yeah, America, right? Yeah. Like, fuck yeah, people betting on themselves and investing in their future. Because at the end of the day, we are a country of innovation and evolution and growth and challenging ourselves. And so I love that data point. And I think if for anybody that's thinking about those types of opportunities right now, if that doesn't give you a little bit of confidence to go and bet on yourself, I don't know what will. But I think having a good plan, having good people around you, having good counsel, and also knowing that millions of more people see that same type of opportunity, if you're on the fence, that should hopefully give you a little nudge to get off of it. Now, switching over to the housing market. Yeah. Really, it's... <laughs> I wish I had some good updates for you guys. I mean... Pretty plain Jane. It's the same run-of-the-mill data that we've been having. Um, obviously, inventory is Slightly month up. over month, week over week, ticking up. Mm -hmm. Again, we're 9.3% below pre-pandemic levels, which was already extremely tight. So there's nothing exciting to, to talk about in terms of inventory... Mortgage applications are at all-time lows. You still got a pretty significant amount of safety net in the economy, which is the total value of U.S. homes have hit a record of $47 trillion. That's a lot. And there's more equity in those homes than ever before in history. So even if people were to start losing their jobs, right? Back in 2008, values went upside down. And people started losing their jobs. They didn't have a bargaining chip to cash in on. Somebody loses their job, they're going to probably have, if you're a homeowner, some equity to cash in, right? Which is going to be a safety net for a lot of homeowners should there be any turmoil or distress in the near or long-term future. I saw this. If home prices decreased by 5%, more than 200,000 households could be at a risk of falling into negative equity essentially going underwater on their homes per core logic. 75% of homes right now available are beyond the reach of middle-class buyers. So we're still even seeing massive affordability issues. So when you think about the Fed cutting and it being, quote-unquote, associated with a recessionary environment, I don't see, it I don't see that in this deck of cards yeah. based on what we're currently looking at with all this data. With this specific setup, no. Because it's good for both areas of the market that need... Because if you cut interest rates, but you're at 3%, you're cutting to zero. So you're profitability off. But if you cut from 
5% down to four, that's not that big of a deal. We're not 08. We're not cutting to zero. You know what I mean? That, that That's not going to happen. But I think over the next two years, we'll cut down to about three and a half, maybe three and a quarter, maybe two and a half percent. I, I feel like they're going to revise up that number mm-hmm. just because they, they, if we can not have it be that low, it would be better for everybody. If you're used to paying a little bit more for money, everybody's making more money. And it also keeps people out of the market that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Money gets too cheap. There's a level of diminishing returns on that, just like anything. I did find it interesting that in June, investors accounted for 26% of all single-family home buying in the U.S. per CoreLogic. Investors bought the most homes in California, where they bought 34% of the homes, followed by D.C. at 33% and Georgia at 32%. And that's not... We're not talking the Blackstones no, buying that, up that's that type of product. Report. That's going to be like... Mattie A rolling around. Correct. That, that's your mom and pop retail investors. Correct. Which I found that very interesting. And what does that tell you guys? Tells me that there's opportunities out in the market right now. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's exactly what it's telling me. And with a lot of the people that I either coach and consult, individuals that I network with and mastermind groups and events, there are some deals out there. Yeah. There, there is some blood in the streets. I think there is going to be more blood in the streets. But that being said, I think we're in this weird... We've been talking about this Mexican standoff kind of energy and environment where it's like the sellers want this price and the buyers are like, man, I'm sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what's going on. There's still a lot of dry powder out there. right? People still thinking there's going to be some opportunistic buys coming out. I think in that scenario... There's a small... If you look at two circles overlapping in that small center is some sellers that are becoming very motivated to have to do something and they're not getting their prices. And so they're maybe getting a little bit desperate. And then you've got some buyers that are still being aggressive and saying, if the deal makes sense now, I'm still willing to buy it. And so I'm seeing deals still happen and transact. You you were talking about Zach. We know a handful of other people that are doing similar things in similar markets. I think the markets where opportunities like this are showing up in this data set are the exact markets yeah. that you talked about. These yep. lower income, lower class markets Sorry. that have... It's the truth. Yeah. This is the truth of the situation. They're less sophisticated sellers in you know, less desirable markets that are willing to sell for pennies on the dollar. And unfortunately, you got people that will buy those sometimes in a what's the word, a predatory manner. Not saying all of those people that are buying those properties in those markets are doing it that way. But that's where I think you're, you're seeing some, some activity and some transactional volume happening. And those kind of deals are out there. So I think there is going to continue to be more blood in the streets with more opportunity and more sellers and buyers potentially finding a meeting of the minds where their motivation meets the price. We'll see how that shows up in future months. But that data point right there told me There's opportunities out there, guys. And if you're not looking, be sure to get on the front line because deals are out there. Conversations are to be had. And one of the things that I've noticed and that we're picking back up on as well is direct mail campaigns. I did direct mail for a decade. And then when it got so crazy, so hot, and every person I was talking to was saying, I got 15 letters on my my desk. How much are you going to pay me? It it, it doesn't... It's hard to compete. Now... A lot of people have slashed their marketing budgets. They're not going and looking for these needles in the haystack. The sellers who are getting 15 mailers are getting one, maybe if they're lucky. 
So the tides have turned a little bit. And I think creative marketers and people who can creatively go out and find deals and opportunities and get into those conversations, direct to homeowners, direct to commercial real estate property owners, investors, things like that. There's some opportunities to be had if you can get direct to those individuals and direct mail is starting to turn um, an ROI again. So that may be one marketing channel that you guys may want to consider re-looking at um, and that we're you know starting to reinvest some capital towards as well because I think there's these are slow nurturing type of leads and situations and you want to start digging the well now before you actually want to start scooping the water which I think 2024 is going to be really opportunistic. That being said, any final thoughts before we wrap up today's episode? What a time to be alive! It's a it's an interesting market on both sides. Yep. Don't be scared. Scared money don't make money. And when you set up a plan, folks. Don't skip out on your plan when it's a year or two years old. Stick to it for four or five years and see what actually happens because that gives things time to work themselves out and come out in the wash. But yeah, other than that, appreciate y'all. We wouldn't be here without you. My final thought is if they start pushing mandates, I'm not going to be as nice this time. I'm, I'm not going to be this, as nice this time and or I think I gave a pass to a lot of the people that were the cashiers that were the the door people that were... If you try and enforce, knowing what we know now and how things have played out over the last couple of years, if you're one of those people that is trying to enforce something out of compliance... Like I gave people the pass of, yeah, your your job wants you to do this. Yeah, you got to do that. that. That time has passed. That nice Mattie has passed. And anybody that... Uh, I was very respectful previously. This time... I'm going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, clanking two middle fingers together and walking through doors like I own the place. That'd be I probably, when that rolls around, you probably won't see that happening. But yeah, still, that being mean. said, right, I'm, I'm just trying to set Attitude. that sentiment of yeah. if you're somebody that is trying to force a mandate on somebody else, knowing what we know now, and if it's a mask or vaccine or one of those things, you are part of the problem. And I will have a problem with you if that is the stance that you take. And that's just the stance that I'm going to take this go around. So... That being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in, supporting the show. Don't forget to check out the website, millionermindcast.com. Leave a review, share it with somebody that you know will enjoy this episode. And thank you guys for tuning in. Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really, in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last, 
Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at millionairemindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at millionairemindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, This is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon.